Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, San Antonio Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Tony Quesada welcomes USAA President and CEO Wayne Peacock. With over 13 million members and $200 billion in assets, the company ranks in the Fortune 100 and is proud to call San Antonio home. Well, thank you, Wayne, for joining us. It's a real treat having you. Well, thanks, Tony. I'm really glad to be with you today. So, Wayne, you took over as the CEO of USAA a little over a year ago, and then we had the COVID-19 pandemic struck us. And so the first thing I want to ask is, get a little insight in this, you know, has the COVID-19 pandemic, has it altered the course of how you expected your first year as CEO of USAA to go? Is it a profound alteration, maybe a mild one, or perhaps not at all? Well, here's what I would say. Uh, December of 2019, I got the call and the opportunity to lead USAA and had a couple of months you know, over the holidays to get ready during the transition for a February 1st start. And I knew that it would be a very challenging time because it is a very challenging time in business. But never in my wildest dreams did I think that we would have a global pandemic uh, come visit us uh, early in my tenure. In fact, as I've talked to a lot of folks, I got 19 days of grace from my first day in the seat until the stock market peaked. And then, you know, the world unwound from there. So I would tell you that, you know, probably like every person in America and every company, COVID-19 had a profound impact on us and clearly had an impact on my agenda and you know, what I thought what I would accomplish uh, in the first year. But it was also a great opportunity to kind of take a big challenge and adapt to it. And so I would tell you that I thought all in, you know, we had a really, really strong 2020 um, as we measure our resilience and how we serve members and took care of our employees. And although not everything on my agenda got accomplished in 2020, the primary objective of serving military families really well in these uncertain times and taking care of 35,000 employees who were facing all manner of uncertainty at home, um, I think are really big hallmarks of my first year. Sure. And when you talk about, you know, things that maybe you weren't able to do that were on your agenda that first year, are those the type of things that just kind of roll over into year two or have they kind of been overcome by new priorities for 2021? Well, I think it's a combination, right? Um, We spent a lot of time in adjusting our operating model by sending our employees home. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. And then we were able to actually leverage work that had been done over the last, you know, five or six years plus on building digital capabilities to serve members. And we actually accelerated a lot of that. So in some respects, That agenda of accelerating digital was helped during COVID. And then there were some big projects and initiatives we either put on the shelf or delayed a bit because we were focused on serving all of those challenges in the short run. Can you elaborate on what some of those might be that you you had to put off and maybe might pick up again? Well, I think we've got a pretty strong innovation agenda about um, new products and services that we would like to provide. I'll give you a really good example. Um, Small business insurance is one that we launched 
just a few weeks ago here at USAA. And that's one that you know we took a little bit longer period of time to deliver because the teams were focused much more on how do we accelerate our digital claims work uh, so that we could address continuing to serve families who were in need because of catastrophes, even though we couldn't quite get out there and see them you know, face-to-face. So there's one that we delayed a bit um, and now have launched here as we began 2021. You mentioned catastrophes, and that does remind me that we, especially in Texas, but other parts of the U.S., saw that tremendous winter storm Uri roll through and cause a lot of damage. And so obviously things like that affect all insurance companies that, uh, that insure people in those areas. But I was wondering, when we look at the infrastructure of Texas, do you see USA as having any kind of a, a leadership role in trying to strengthen the infrastructure so that going forward, we don't have as many of those types of uh, claims against insurance companies? Well, as a large employer, and we have over 20,000 employees here, obviously, you know, this is headquarters for us as well, creating the right environment to operate our business and to continue to take care of our employees is vitally important. And I would say across the board with infrastructure around place, whether it's water or power or resiliency, or quite frankly, you know, the quality of the overall labor force elements that are vitally important to USAA that allow us to continue to operate well. So yes, we have a voice and yes, we're thoughtfully you know, using our voice to support initiatives and programs that strengthen the infrastructure here in Texas. Well, you have been with USA for, and correct me if I'm wrong, around 30 years. A little bit longer than that. This September will be 33 years. Yes. Tremendous. Starting in the the real estate arm, as I understand it. And so I was wondering if you could talk, especially for the the listeners that we have who, you know, aspiring to further their careers in in business or in entrepreneurship. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk about the lessons you have learned while climbing the, the corporate leadership ladder, as you will. Well, one, I'm blessed to work at a great company like USAA that is you know, a growing company and has you know, lots of opportunity, um, both to move vertically and to move horizontally. And I was blessed in my career with the opportunity to move horizontally. I will tell you, there were some moves where it wasn't quite clear to me that that was the right next step. But I always had mentors who assured me that that was the case. And that set of broadening activities really allowed me to see USAA in a way that probably very few executives have over this period of time, um, which I think has strengthened my ability now as the CEO to be able to lead a very complex and large organization. But one of the lessons I took very early on, Tony, um, was from uh, my old boss, Ed Kelly, who talked to me a lot about building your team and building your capabilities so that you personally had white space to be able to take on more opportunity. And I think so many times as leaders, we want to have our hands on the wrenches and turning them as opposed to creating the environment for our teams to be at their best. And the more you build a strong team and the more you build a highly effective team, you know, not only is that a great demonstration of leadership, but it actually creates the opportunity to take on uh, more opportunity. And along the way, that's precisely what has happened to me from you know real estate to corporate real estate to technology to strategy and 
been working on many of our kind of shared services and marketing organizations. And then finally, the opportunity to lead the property and casualty company, our oldest division of USAA. Uh, and I think those are just maybe some good lessons from Ed that you know I continue to try to teach and uh, role model now as the CEO. Oh, that's tremendous, tremendous. A minute ago, you did mention stepping into the, the small business insurance. What other types of business lines might we see USA expand to into the future as it continues to evolve? Well, if you step back and ask, you know, what are we really about, Tony? It's about helping military families to build their financial security, to support them in managing their money well every day, to kind of protect them against, you know, catastrophes or the kind of casual auto accident that may occur or their lives. And then, you know, how to manage um, debt well and then prepare, you know, to build that nest egg so that they can live comfortably in retirement. And we'll continue to look, you know, in the insurance area around what I'll call kind of risk pools or opportunities to meet the needs more broadly than USAA is delivering today and expand our capabilities uh, in the insurance world, I think fairly measurably, but very significantly over the next few years. And then we'll continue to look at opportunities around you know banking and using money and managing money well. I see that as probably the core of uh, the dimensions with which we'll serve, but member needs are changing, how we deliver those services, and then how we translate kind of analog products into more you know, digital products will be part of the transformation as well. And one of the other great things we're working on today is really transforming auto insurance from a fixed coverage, fixed term type product to really being reflective of how it's used, whether that's in terms of miles driven or the behavior of the drivers in how they manage their time on the road and really structuring our products to meet those needs and tailoring the risk around those behaviors rather than just you know where the car might be garaged or the six-month um, term. So that would be an example of how we're you know, really reforming business products to meet the changing needs uh, of our society. You talk about innovation, and clearly that's a is a driving part of USA. You have people who are just focused just on that, on innovation. And that brings up the topic of intellectual property. And uh, I know USA is very conscientious about protecting its, its intellectual property. How do you see that? I know there's been some instances where you feel like your intellectual property has been uh, infringed on. Is that going the way you want it to go? And where do you see that heading? We're spending a lot of time and effort and really our members' capital in creating new capabilities and, in many respects, innovative capabilities. One of them might be what is now a household transaction of taking a picture of a check on your phone and depositing it into your bank. And you know, when you spend that much time and effort, you want your rights protected. So for really the last 15 years, we've had a very strong program to protect our IP through patents. And then we will thoughtfully, but um, I think very diligently kind of, you know, pursue management of those rights um, over time, which I think is a really responsible way for us, again, to manage the innovations that we have uh, delivered to our members. USAA President and CEO Wayne Peacock joining San Antonio Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Tony Quesada. In our next segment, Peacock shares what he and his team have learned over the past year. 
when Texas Business Minds continues. I'm Rich Gregasco, President and CEO of Texas Mutual Insurance Company. To everyone who has been hard at work providing the things we need during this crisis, we say thank you. You truly are essential and we're proud to be on the job with you. More at TexasMutual.com slash on the job. Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds, as USAA President and CEO Wayne Peacock joins San Antonio Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Tony Quesada. It's been a year or so working from home, and you alluded to this earlier, but I want to drill down. What has USA learned specifically during this, this period of uh, moving an entire workforce out of offices? What are the big things that you've picked up? Well, here's what I would say broadly we've learned. When the chips are down, you can do just about anything. And I think back to those early days of the pandemic when it was clear that something was coming our way. And we went to our playbook from the last pandemic, and it clearly was not sufficient in terms of addressing you know, this particular risk. And you know, speed would be one of the things I think we have learned a lot about during that period. Uh, but I remember so clearly a uh, you know, Andrew Walker, our chief administrative officer coming in and me asking him if he could send 10,000 people home so we could practice um, on how that might work before we sent 35,000 people home. And he said, well, give me a day and I'll come back and talk to you. He came back the next day and said, all right, in three weeks, we'll have a pilot ready. This was on a Wednesday. I'm like, well, how about we do it on Monday? And he's like, he gulped and he goes, okay, boss, uh, we'll, we'll make that happen. On that Monday, we sent 10,000 people home. And the next Friday, we made the decision to literally send everyone home. And over the next you know, seven or eight, nine days, we literally moved the entire workforce home. So I would tell you that you know, when the chips are down, um, you can do just about anything. Speed matters is one of the primary lessons. Now, what have we learned from being at home? I think we've really pressed the envelope like many companies of a distributed workforce and taking advantage of virtual tools. And I think we've managed to operate the company really, really well without actually being um, in the office. But I think the other thing we're starting to learn and understand more as well are the kind of the implications of everyone being isolated or being separated. And I think what we've come to understand is that you know, there's a new reality that will be a combination of the flexibility to work from anywhere but also the need and the opportunity to come together as humans and be in the same space, you know, how we work together to build and sustain culture, or even in some respects, how we work together to drive innovation and change in a way that maybe doesn't happen quite so effectively, you know, on a Zoom or some type of virtual screen. And then one of the things that I'm really questioning and really trying to get the answer to is this sense of mentorship and development, especially for some of our younger teammates. And I recall so much of my career of the kind of organic or the happenstance encounters, the meeting after the meeting, the meeting in the hallway, kind of the chance encounters where you get to kind of replay what happened and learn about how to do it better next time. I think that we're probably have missed a bit of that in the last year or so being separate. And I think it'll be really important for us to blend together the work distributed, the work together, and kind of harmonize that as a, a new way of working 
um, as we move past COVID and into whatever the next normal is. Sure. And now, so what about reintegrating your, your workforce back? What does it look like? And, and what will USA's physical footprint, what do you see it looking like going forward, not only in San Antonio, but in other cities where it has a large presence, such as Phoenix and Tampa? Well, the footprint is going to be configured differently. And again, this is maybe one of those things we were practicing about pre-COVID that our knowledge now um, has accelerated our learning on how you build collaborative and teaming spaces. You know, we were already moving to you know, what I'll call agile delivery, where we have cross-functional teams working together. That's a different physical setup than just you know everyone in a row of cubicles, which might have been USA's history or past in a bygone era. So the physical footprint will be configured differently. We will continue to look at new opportunities to access talent more broadly because there's clearly a war for talent. And this week, we've announced that we'll open one of those facilities in Charlotte, North Carolina, as an example. And as for the total number of square feet, we're still going through that process. I don't think we've figured out social distancing and building density as a result of working through the pandemic yet. So that's a big factor. And then we haven't really reached equilibrium yet in terms of how many people and how often they will be in the office. But my expectation is it'll change the number of square feet as well. Um, we're just still working through that process here in April. So, you know, more teaming space inside. Um, we'll probably have more talent hubs across the country and the total number of square feet and footprint still to be determined. Do you see yourself staying, uh, at least maintaining the presences you have in the cities that you are in and then just expanding actually to more cities? I think today that's probably a fair assumption the world continues to evolve and will continue to evolve with it. But currently, we're looking at where else do we need to be to access the kind of talent that is reflective of where our company is going, more and more you know, banking skills, more and more deep insurance skills, technology, design, data and analytics. You know, we're all many of the emerging skills that are required to run a large financial institution, especially one that is moving into the digital economy as, uh, as USAA is. And speaking of banking, USA has a, its own banking division, which has seen a lot of growth. And it's also kind of evolved. There were times when there were branches, and now it's mostly online banking, as I understand. Where do you see the banking division going? Where do you see its biggest growth opportunities and what are the challenges for it to overcome? Well, right now we are working through, as we are really across USAA, major investments in our kind of technology infrastructure, our systems, processes, and talent to be able to operate digitally at scale. So there's a lot of foundation building that is underway at USAA right now. But at its core, I think we will as we have really been since we did 1-800-PHONE banking way back in the day, um, we will be self-service um, and we will be very limited in our physical footprint. I think there's less and less reason to have to go into a branch today. And COVID's actually accelerated that progress as well. The amount of cash being translated into 
debit card usage across the banking industry has been phenomenal. And I think we move more and more to using digital rather than using paper money. So less and less reasons to go in the branch. So we'll continue to work on taking the friction out of banking transactions. We'll continue to work on how we deliver in a digital environment with empathy and care and personalization that you typically get with a human. And obviously, how you move money, how you manage that money, how you access debt are all kind of changing as this ecosystem of fintechs and banks and sort of banks um, that are emerging are all kind of fighting for a share of wallet with consumers as we go forward. So Wayne, one of the things I think we've learned through this, this pandemic is people need to, to take care of themselves so they can be as productive as possible. And, when, and they often look to their, to their leaders to see you know, that their leaders are taking care of themselves. So I always ask people, what do you do to, to get away and to de-stress or can you even do that? <laughs> well, yes, not enough. But yes, I do work on getting away and de-stressing a bit. First of all, I try to protect some of my early morning time for me and not for anyone else, which allows me to stay grounded on the day and grounded about what's you know in our future. So protecting that time is really, really important. I will tell you I'm working on this. Uh, my wife will tell you I'm working on this, but there is a time in the evening to turn off the phone and to let it rest until tomorrow. And I think that's vitally important, not just for my health, but for kind of the strength of our marriage as well. So that's a that's a work in progress there. And I will tell you, Tony, just not enough in this first year, but maybe a little bit more going forward of you know getting away for a few days. Um, I did that a couple of weeks ago and just took three days off and unplugged and kind of regrounded myself, I think are all really important health habits to keep your perspective and to be able to stay fresh and healthy for really the battle that is in front of us. And what do you enjoy doing when you do manage to, to unplug and get away? What, do you, what kinds of hobbies or activities? I love to get out and run. I will tell you right now that I got a couple of knees that are barking at me. So walking fast has been the trade-off there. I do like getting out on the water. Um, and uh, so I've got a little sailboat um, that uh, we try to get out and do a little competitive racing. You wouldn't want to just kind of take it easy and go cruising if you were me. No, you've got to pick something that is just as intense as work, but it's actually, to me, a great analog of running and leading a business um, as well. And pre-COVID, you know, Jeannie and I enjoyed traveling a lot. We're hopeful as everyone gets vaccinated, we'll be able to do some more of that as well. And then, you know, I do try to uh, read and stay current on what's going on outside of 9800 Fredericksburg Road. Thanks to USAA President and CEO Wayne Peacock for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals, and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Texas.